Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 53. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. So I'm in the thick of planning and designing the next issue. Its theme is space. In the issue, we discuss outer space, of course, but also headspace, inner space, space for women, which is an increasingly sensitive subject, of course, and personal for me. Uh, it's really hard to claim your space as a woman and really feel like you have the right to it. Um, you know, I may seem very sure of myself on the outside, but I'm a firm believer of fake it till you make it. And if you've ever listened to this podcast, you know that um, I'm riddled with doubt and then consequent resentment for feeling that way. Negative feedback loop. I'm trying to break out of it. But it's really hard, you know? Self-improvement is a Sisyphean task, is it not? Long story short, there's a lot of great pieces in this issue. (laughs) Anyway, in more space-related news, have a look out for SAD at the Vancouver Art Book Fair, October 14th to 15th. We're going to be hosting Sad Cosmos, an otherworldly literary reading series curated by our poetry and prose editor, Kyla Jameson. Find out more about that at sadmag.ca slash events. And to add your event to our event calendar, please email the web editor at sadmag.ca. Web editor at sadmag.ca. So my guest for today is filmmaker Dylan Miranda. Dylan and I just worked together um, recently for the Uniqlo store launch. Maybe you've seen the videos online all about natural unions. Anyway, he's super passionate about filmmaking and we talked all about the film scene here in Vancouver, something I'm just now learning more about. I'm going to drop you mid-convo because I never know how to start these things. Here's my chat with Dylan Miranda. Nah. So like all of our other profs were like older guys. Yeah. Which was cool because like we were the last, like we were the last um year to learn on film so like films was still taught when i was at SFU. so the first two years i was at film school they um like the first year no nothing electronic yeah you, it was on a bolex you yeah. did the process yourself you edited on a steam back you like cut and pasted film and literally then yeah. when you did your screening you were the projectionist like you had to make sure all the little did any catch on fire is that like a real thing i nothing nothing not in my (laughs) year but there was like every every year had like a nightmare story yeah and there was a a friend of mine uh and they were they were really two good friends of mine and we had to work in groups this happened in second year and uh in second year you got to like edit on a computer but you were still shooting with like an old re and it was still 16 mil Mm -hmm. and um i just had this feeling like they're great friends of mine but I just had this feeling like it might not be the best if I'm working with them. Like oh, maybe just because yeah. it was like, I don't know, second year, everyone's still tripping it up. And yeah, the group that I had was two girls who were like the best and were like, we weren't like, we didn't have a lot in common, but we worked together really well. Yeah. So anyways, they, uh, they shot their whole film and we, we had to pay for it ourselves. So it cost about like three grand. Oh my God. And is that all? Yeah. I guess that's just what it is. It's really expensive to yeah. go to these programs. You yeah. have to pay for your own shit. You have to do it. Yeah. And they tell you kind of like upfront, right? Yeah. Like like they give you the camera. Yeah. And that like in your grad film too, like your grad film's a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, they have a red and so they're saving you like thousands of dollars, but you know, you're not paying anyone either, but at the same time, like it's your responsibility to feed everyone. Locations aren't free. Like if you have to have a good location, uh, like posts, like sound, they don't pay for any of that. You can do it all yourself, but like, it's not going to be up to par. Like, like I spent like... I was so broke in my fourth year. Like I just 
I got a credit card and I tapped the vein and I like put four grand on it and I just like went for it and I was just crossed my fingers after and then I basically just paid it off like working full-time after school was done but yeah um but that's crazy do you feel like it's a bit like classist like having like I don't know it's like hard I mean I think most creative endeavors are um you know they're for the like at least middle class like it's yeah. tough to do when you don't have any money. I think so. And like, and film is one of those things where it's like, it, it, it's not cheap. And, and that was a requirement. Like, and that's where this whole debate came in with these guys is what ended up happening is they shipped their film off to be scanned mm-hmm. and they didn't put a don't x-ray on it. What does that mean? So when you run film through uh, like a, a check bag x-ray, it'll wipe it. <gasps> oh, fuck. So no, they, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. So they had 3,000 feet of film like all like fogged out all fogged and just fucked. Shit. and then they were like they're like we don't have a film anymore like they spent all that money and that then, must have been crushing that oh it sucks. was it was like that's like the nightmare story that they will tell at the school probably yeah. for like forever and then it ended up leading to like a bunch of other weird stuff and they had to they didn't have the money to shoot on film again so they were shooting on digital and then people in our class were like that's not fair because we wanted to shoot on digital but oh. and so it like led to this weird thing but it is like it wasn't cheap for sure and sfu is like not an expensive film school by any means like if you compare it to like vfs not not like shitting on vfs or anything but like is there like which is i mean i have no idea about it like what what's the like reputation like what's the thing well this so sfu is a cohort system so Uh you have to like you put in like a portfolio and you don't necessarily have to have a background in film but like you need to you go through a written uh, process and then you go through an interview process mm-hmm. and I think in my year there was about 500 applicants mm-hmm. and then they pick a cohort of 24 right and then that 24 will go yeah and SFU sort of has this reputation of building more like auteur people yeah. like you learn a lot of like there's not a lot of technical education okay so and sometimes people struggle with that like you're forced to really learn a lot on your own yeah but the theory that they give you is incredible and so you learn like what a lot of people don't learn in film school which is mostly just like if you went to vfs they don't really teach you the theory but if they dump you on like a 10 million dollar set you're gonna know what to do type thing it's interesting well that is the right choice for you because you are naturally like curious about process i would say and all the techniques so you already kind of knew that stuff yeah and like i think there's something alluring about like going to higher education and I think that's where cap is starting to bridge the gap and Mm -hmm. like you went to cap as well right like I think cap's reputation for graphic design is very similar to the film world now yeah is like they they pump out people that have the technical background but and then this is sort of from an outside perspective but people who have a technical background and people who are very gifted in theory like yeah conceptual yeah stuff yeah for sure yeah when you're talking about that cohort program reminded me of my days yeah yeah i like that because then you are always with the same people you kind of make a little family totally you know you hate and love whatever but it's like it's nice to be all together going through it together and it builds like good trust and like we were critiquing all the time like every week with our films and so that taught us to like you know take criticism really well and like that's the toughest are you okay with the oh yeah criticism? oh man i can like i no one's a more harsher critic than me yeah and i like love tearing apart my own work like i yeah. think it's kind of i almost oh, get man. a kick out of it maybe not like in the middle of it because yeah. that could be like kind of devastating sometimes yeah. but like 
I always say like if you don't like and the other filmmakers say certain things but if you don't like look at your rough cut and if you don't like want to just go crawl into a hole somewhere like after watching that cut something's going something's not right you know what I mean yeah yeah so you build that trust with a little cohort and and like in the film school debate like whether you should go to film school or not I think it's worth like having those people that are mm-hmm. like in the same place in their lives and have come from the same thing like and it's all connections after all connections after like we work with each other all the time like all the people who are my age like I'm still pretty young but all the people who are my age tend to sort of lean on each other for work and yeah is there hard, some kind know? of like um a thing too with like past grads from the same program where they like recognize you as new grads and is there some kind of I don't know anything there it's a like it's a little bit cliquey like and it's bad because like people people get these groups and like not everyone in my cohort was like lovey-dovey like there's some sure, people I yeah. haven't seen sure and it's sure, not because sure. I don't like them but it's just like they are just totally interested in different things thing. so we would just never so you would grad gravitate to people and you were working with people from other years too so there was really like it was a group of like 70 of you from the different yeah. years and uh people would gravitate to what they like doing and right and you would kind of roll with that crew i guess and like a good example is like the kathleen hepburn's film like those those people have worked together for a long time or at least from an outside perspective that's what it looks like mm-hmm. so um yeah but most sfu grads are like great about like uh like if you could call them up and ask them for advice or like um hey we watch my cut or whatever it is like there is a nice like top down yeah from there that's good um but at the same time like it's there's so many different worlds in film like yeah. and in vancouver especially like sometimes it's it's hard to get people who are like interested in doing the exact same thing as you right is it still pretty sm- well i don't know we do a lot of film here is it small is it big like what is it i don't know like it's like I come from like my interest is in commercial work, but I like I really want to make commercial work that's like worth your time to watch. Like yeah. I don't want to make the like dinky, you know, some of these ads are great, but like yeah. I don't want to make the like dinky lawnmower Canadian tire ads mm-hmm. and like like I want to make something that's like worth watching and like. But you don't want to make like a like a movie movie. Like I do, but I I feel like my calling like I I've always been interested in like business and product and branding and like all of that yeah. so that's kind of where I merged those yeah things and like I do have like I do have things that I'm working on and like I was you know I made like a clean cut like dramatic narrative for my grad film but it was like so it was so stressful I think because I was working on a story that was I was challenged to make something that was like really personal mm. because I think my prof saw that I was like really interested in that commercial world and so right. as a challenge they Forced were like you, to do that, you yeah. should make something that's like makes you so uncomfortable to like yeah. direct and yeah it'll make you better and you might not like it and i i don't really but like <laughs> it's it was definitely like a good like learning curve and why don't you think you like it i don't know i i like i guess there was a lot that i wish i could change and uh part of me wishes that the as if you let and if anyone from SFU is listening, they can quote me on this. But I think that they should let people do digital for the first two years and mess up on that and learn. Oh, because it's like so expensive to mess up it's on so film. It's so expensive to mess up You're on right. film. It's true. But like at the same time, there's so little room for error 
that when you're learning on film in those first two years, like you're more worried about messing up and like making sure your exposure is right. And like little things like that will occupy your mind as opposed to like what you're actually making. Right. And now, and like celluloid and 16 mil is so it's trendy. Like it's in a trend right now, but on top of that, it's like stunningly beautiful. Like the next short I make will hundred percent be shot on 16 mil just cause really, Oh yeah. Just, it looks just amazing. And so I wish I think my grad film would have benefited more from like, I think when you do shoot on film, things become a lot more intimate and smaller Mm -hmm. and there's less moving parts and like, there's less to think about and you're more thinking about like, like the raw stuff that's happening on screen. Mm -hmm. And that's what my grad film was sort of relying upon was like this just really raw, like human sort of relationships. Mm -hmm. And then I think it just became like, I think it got lost in in the sort of technical technicality of like the the pressure of it being a grad film and like I also wanted it to be beautiful so I could put it on a reel that could be like look the, like this could be commercial in a certain right. way you know what I mean yeah. so I think I had a lot going on in my head and I was really worried about getting like a job and sure so I, I had all this pressure but I think if I was forced to shoot on film I think a lot of that would have just faded away and yeah I look back on the stuff that I shot in first and second year like very fondly like I think it looks beautiful and it's not because we're good or anything like fil- film is just really good at making things look amazing yeah so. softening the edges oh of it. everything yeah, yeah. Like, and it just I don't know 16 mil is so gritty like it's, yeah it's really cool I don't know I, yeah are you um like someone who's like happy with their work when they're done done or are you always like oh there's that one thing or I think it like I, like I'm a believer that I think at some point and maybe this is like this for other creative things but I, I like to believe and it gives me comfort that maybe like three quarters along the way or somewhere along the way in what you're making it will become its own thing like it it, it will leave yeah. you it will leave the nest and like right I think w- with film it's easy because you go through principle and you have your footage and that's like it like you can't you can go do pickups but like yeah. the film is there like that's the first time you're watching it and yeah. I feel like in that process of like watching a rush to like getting to your fine the film becomes its own thing and like if as it gets critiqued it like it becomes less yours and so you can be less personal with it and mm-hmm. I think it gets better as it goes and then when it ends it's kind of like like you don't feel so bad about releasing it into the world because you feel like it's your own thing mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah sure so like i've had like on both ends of the spectrum like my grad film i think i've screened like three times ever like the grad screening mm-hmm. to like you know my friends and family that weren't able to go to the grad screening mm-hmm. and i think i've watched it maybe like two times and that's it wow whereas my third year film was like a surfing doc that i had always wanted to make and i had been thinking about for years and that was something that i was like that was the film that i went into film school wanting to make right and uh i think it's awesome like just because it's like yeah yeah it's like and i think it's awesome because when i think back of how much i didn't know like just the fact that it can still like I still feel okay putting it yeah, on my that's website good. is like feels good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it obviously still needs work a hundred percent, but, but it's still like, it's good. You can be at peace with those little mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's like my great. grad film's not on my website. So, well, I mean, we can't, can't have everything it. from school exactly. on our website. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and then how easy was it for you to, to get out there and get like a job? It was like, it was interesting. Like, 
so when I was in school, I, I think I was, I was very interested in like the technicality of film and I found myself in lots of camera roles. Like I was opping a lot and like camera operating and, and I was um, like doing cinematography for a lot of other people's films and, and I was only directing my own, but at, like I, it took me a really long time to feel comfortable with wanting to be a director. Mm-hmm. And did you know you kind of always wanted to do that though? Like, I think I did like, I came from acting as a kid and that's sort of what I did. And then when I was like, I was in like a theater troupe when I was like tiny. And when I got into like my teenage years, I just realized I, I wasn't gonna, I like, I wasn't good enough to mm-hmm. against the people who I was acting with. And I was totally okay with that because I was doing things like, like I was doing like uh, improv at the time and that was really fun. And, and uh, I did some like short films here and there and, and then I sort of realized that I wasn't going to be good enough, but I had all this basis of knowledge. So I felt really like comfortable talking to actors and really comfortable like working with them. Mm. And so that's where the interest, I guess, started. How but, old were you? Oh, I was probably like just in high school still. Yeah, you're really, so young. Like, yeah, because you've known like what you wanted to do. For a long yeah, time. which is like a whole other thing is like, I've, like people are like, oh, you like, it seems like you just like got a job right away and now like, that I'm starting to like actually book like more directing stuff. People are like, Whoa, wow. Like that's, you're so young. And I'm like, yeah, but I've, I, I really have been like kicking the can for like probably pushing like 10 years type thing. Do you remember like your first like film you tried to make, like even like as a kid, do you remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's on a DV tape somewhere. Okay. It's what like the, it? it's the stupidest thing. It's like my brother, like and he's like probably like eight or seven and he's shaving like pretending to shave in the mirror and then I was like it was like a found footage type thing like I had the Sony DV cam and I was like I don't know why we just thought it was so funny that I kept creeping into the bathroom asking him how he was shaving (laughs) and then every time I would do it he would just get mad and chase me out the bathroom and like and then that was it like that was just like it was like it was almost like a sketch like it was just like the weirdest thing and it's somewhere in like my parents oh, that's you know, funny. attic. But that was the first thing I remember picking up a camera and like being like, you know, basically telling him what to do because we thought it was hilarious. But that's we funny. were just we were so young, like we were just kids. You should put that on your website. Yeah, I should find it somewhere. <laughs> first I film. Know, that'd be pretty <laughs> it's not like it's kind of ridiculous for like a that's, first thing, but that's pretty funny. No, yeah. that's cute. I used to do that as a kid too. Yeah. Yeah. We would do like stop motion. Like with like oh, our stuffed yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I had this whole like scenario of them like trying to escape. Yeah. And then like getting so close and then like someone opening the door and then they all fell over. Oh. It's <laughs> pretty cute. That's cute. I feel like I feel like a lot of people did that though. Like Yeah. I don't know. Uh my girlfriend has the funniest like videos where she did the same thing. She had two younger sisters. Yeah. And it was just her like the most absurd things like like how did you think of this stuff like and so i don't know it's funny to go back and watch those sometimes and... yeah i mean i wonder what kids now i mean it's so easy you have a phone or are they even interested in it because it's not novel anymore like when i was a kid it was like oh you can like make your own like oh, i yeah. mean with this camera not like with anything it's like almost too easy now do you think people yeah. are doing that i don't know like i guess back then there was sort of like this sense of discovery like you could, you'd have to edit in camera and you'd have to like rewind the DV tape. And then when you hit record, you would be recording over it. Exactly. So you'd be like, oh, do you want to keep that last it, right? part or not? Yeah. Or and then yeah. I remember when Windows Movie Maker came out, um, it was like my dad told me because my dad was like, um, he was recording things on our 
VHS like shows onto the DV camera and then he would put them into like Movie Maker and like he was basically like pirating things back in like That's the funny. late 90s and and then he showed me how to do it and then I figured out how to like edit on Movie Maker. That's funny. And I just remember like it was so fun discovering that and like doing log and capture and working with a DV tape like that doesn't exist at all anymore. Like if you showed someone a who was younger or like my age at the time like a tape deck yeah that you had to like put the dv in and like yeah, hit like, record what? and log yeah. and capture i'm sure they would be like what the heck you know is what this? though i think it's coming back a little bit i mean the style is like in a, in certain circles that is the style yeah. like my husband has uh like dv cam that's how he does some of his music videos totally. i mean it, yeah it depends like where where you're at what kind of yeah i don't know like thing you want to it for. it feels like so many things go full circle in like the film world now i guess Mm -hmm. like maybe that's just like i don't know to give context like i feel like vancouver is sort of in this weird place right now where like it's always been the city of of like production like so much is shot here always Mm -hmm. like x files like tv like it's always been shot here but there's never really been a lot of um like actual inception of ideas and films being made out of vancouver that's true like and it, you can just see that in from like a really high up perspective like in terms of like commercials like all the agencies are in toronto mm-hmm. and like all the production companies that are like have rosters of directors are in toronto but then why is that i don't know and then but then they'll all come here to shoot and yeah so it's like and i get because there's there's real veteran crews here that like have been working in this industry since like you know the dawn of time and Mm -hmm. so people are like really professional here and they can get things done and things are cheap and there's lots of good provincial taxes and there's a bunch of reasons but Mm -hmm. i guess what now that like it's becoming more of a level playing field i think here people are asking like why why isn't why isn't like there a why isn't there a good scene here like yeah and one of the like back to sort of your question about what i was doing like, did I have trouble finding a job when I was talking to like, like I had my reel and I was basically cold emailing like a produce executive producers and being like, hey, my name's Dylan. Like I direct. I'm really young. Please take me seriously. <laughs> and a lot of them, the first question out of their mouths is, why are you here? Like, why aren't you in Toronto? And like, you don't want to move, eh? No. And I, I was just like, why do I have to? Like, I love Vancouver, and and for a long time, I actually, like, settled on the fact that, like, yeah, I think I'm going to have to move to Toronto, mm-hmm. and, or, like, New York, or whatever it is, like, I think I'm going to have to do this if that's, if I'm going to, like, commercially direct, I guess, and yeah. that's sort of where my career path was heading, but there is this, like, group of directors here, like, Ben Gulliver, and, like, Kevin Funk has been here for a long time, who'd made, like, Hello Destroyer, and, uh, there's been other directors who have come out of Vancouver, like really successful commercial directors. Like there's a guy named like Lloyd Lee Choi who directs like a ton of crazy um, commercial work. And then this guy named Miles J who made like the Liam Bridges River music video. Okay. But then he also just won an Emmy for this John Malkovich spot for Squarespace. Oh, oh yeah, I that. saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. He's from Vancouver. Like he, oh, that's funny. and he went to school in Ryerson and some of these people have, have kind of, you know, dispersed themselves throughout the world. But there is this talent pool in Vancouver that seems to go expat, like as soon as they mm-hmm. hit a point in their career. But then there's this other group of people who have kind of stayed here and 
I think there is this question of like, why, why can't that be here as well? Like there's obviously it takes a few brave people to not move. I know. And, or like giving it a name or like giving it something. And yeah. I think like there is this sort of opportunity there that I'm hoping is, is seized soon. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, but like with even the stuff that you're working on, like at rethink, like you guys are, I find that you guys are coming to like Vancouver directors yeah, well, we More, have our right? own, like, production company now mm-hmm. within, like, R&D production. So we're trying to do more and more of our own stuff. Yeah. Um, and even directing our own stuff. Yeah. Um, like, having, like, the creative directors direct the yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a bad move, right? No, like, it's it's cool. Like, I think people should be doing that. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's I think it's because there's the the scene that is here is very archaic like circle is a big production company circle productions and they've been around forever and so they have this roster of directors that are like fantastic and they do all these big accounts big commercial things and yeah they're based in vancouver but like a lot of them are in their 40s and they've been doing this for a long time and it's like a very archaic traditional way of doing mm-hmm. not archaic like it sounds like that's a bad thing but like there is a there is a world for that and mm-hmm. it tends to be like big commercial world yeah work and they do that but that's like it that's all there is here like there's yeah and then there's a couple like smaller agencies that are based in toronto that might have an office here yeah. but they're still in toronto yeah and um but then they'll maybe sign one or two people here and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's still very toronto based yeah so. I noticed um, in all of the lists of people, they're all guys. Are there, like, what was your class like? Was it mostly guys? Well, it was or? crazy. Our class, I think our class was more girls than guys. And that's what I'm finding with a lot of, like, even in my class, too. But then when I look at who's actually out there getting work, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. But what do you, like, do well, you know of any, like, women that are, like, kicking ass being filmmakers here i mean kathleen hepper yeah like, like you mentioned yeah that's yeah cool. like she yeah. is a badass like she's awesome and i've uh i've watched her talk she's come back to sfu like a couple times and uh she's just like a badass another there was a girl in my cohort named jessica johnson who's like she's making incredible work like really cool experimental work and she's been in vif i think she's in vif this year actually and uh, she's been in VIF for like a couple years in a row now, mostly in the shorts program, but mm-hmm. still like kind of starting somewhere. And there was um, there like all the really like successful people from my cohort were women. Uh, there was another girl, Carly, who's like probably going to be an amazing production designer. Like she's already pretty much becoming one. And there's a whole debate of union and non-union. So right. like it's yeah. people take different steps in their career. But I guess maybe this is such like a a, such an interesting debate because like we're in a generation where people have figured their shit out that like like women need to start being in like these creative roles and so Mm -hmm. now there are all these like fantastic incentives that like allow women into like creative spaces that were mostly reserved for men and like like whistler does i think something with like all female directors and like it's so cool, but I think we're maybe still catching up because of like all the negativity that was there. Yeah. But I feel like it's starting with our age group. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, uh, and maybe that's that like archaic world versus like this sort of newer, smaller yeah. world where things can be small and, 
and more intimate like it i maybe i don't know it's hard to describe like because i'm on the i'm like in my space and yeah. i sort of have like gel glasses on because sure it yeah. is awkward like looking at like rosters and being like man these are all dudes but like i'm sitting here like a straight white dude and i'm like trying to get people to take me seriously yeah but at the same time i'm like like i do like want to move over and i like so i don't know it's, i know it's i'm putting you in an awkward position asking you this question no, but like but it, i'm curious it you has, know it has like it has merit for sure like and so i would say kathleen hepburn is like a badass and her film is i am seeing it in like five days so i'm so excited and that's what's like on my mind what right is it now. called again never steady never still okay and it was based off a short that she made in SFU that like did so well in the festival circuit. And then I don't know the full story, but I, I'm assuming someone saw that and decided you need to make a feature. And right. then they threw the money. I think it may have been Telefilm actually. Cool. Um, I like Telefilm stuff. Yeah. Like it's cool. And there, Telefilm is another example of like someone who's starting to st- change and Telefilm's notorious for putting their hand in the honey jar like and oh. influencing things interesting telefilm don't like blacklist me but that's what I <laughs> oh really yeah and so well, i don't know anything about uh, the gossip yeah in the there's film like world. drama about that sometimes but like more projects are coming up from telefilm that are just like blowing people away yeah and then and there is this sort of like new age of canadian film i feel like and directors like kevin funk who are making like like i think he said that he wanted to make a film that was so painfully canadian like his i don't know if you've ever seen hello destroyer but it's about no. like like it's about um like just toxic masculinity in like rural canada on a hockey team like oh, a man. junior a hockey team and uh it's like a gut wrencher like it's Ooh, like it's okay. really moody and the cinematographer who shot it is ben loeb and he is just like insane like he's so good and these are sort of all people who are older than me and like people who i've looked up to like i feel like they're really the starters of and kathleen hepburn's like older than me and so they're succeeding and they're making all these incredible things and so we're seeing more of like a level playing field of people who we look up to Mm -hmm. and then i think that that's i do think that that's getting felt more at a ground level Mm -hmm. um like for people who are starting to learn and starting to yeah to go into the industry um what's a film or even a commercial you've seen Mm. recently that's like so awesome you're like oh that's so sweet i'll do commercial because i feel like i don't know i like i like showing people commercials and then they're like oh my god that's a commercial and uh the the miles j one the john malkovich squarespace one pretty crazy there's a director's cut that's nine minutes long yeah i feel like I saw that one. Maybe you probably saw that yeah. one. And it's like, it's for Squarespace. Like, they're not trying to hide anything. And yeah. the premise is like that John Malkovich, when he became an actor, he was actually in school for costume design. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he like, you know, as you saw in the spot, he sort of goes to, moves to Paris and tries to make it as a fashion designer. But it's just so beautiful and stylistic. And yeah. it feels like you're watching a film yeah. for that nine minutes. And then at the end, the Squarespace logo comes up and... Yeah. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, there's also a series that uh, Dior, 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 Dior. Yeah. Yeah. So you got I it. I always mix that up. But they did a series called Tales from the Wild, I think it's called. Oh, I don't know. And uh, it's funny how like these industries that don't have um, like tangible product, like products that are hard to market, like cars, mm-hmm. cars are a big one. Like car commercials are becoming incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's brands that don't necessarily have like 
the fastest car, the safest car that are like, like uh, Volvo just made this beautiful series called um, human made stories. Mm. And they're just like a series of short films that are just like the most stunning examples of technology changing people's lives. Interesting. That's one spot you should see. Actually, there's, I can't remember what it's called. Human made stories is a series. It's about a, a woman who was a first chair violinist who got into an accident in the 70s when she was 18 mm. and she was totally locked in like oh. paralyzed and so they this guy designed this system where she it's like brainwave cool. and she can compose music again <gasps> and and the oh, sort of finale oh it's uh, yeah no it's crazy i was like falling my eyes out <laughs> at this thing and the, the, it's for volvo like it's what? for volvo How? exactly How? like there's two shots of the car maybe and it's like they're driving this guy to this do you place. think that stuff works see this is always a debate like i run into people who say oh you're just cashing in on like emotional and like yeah i think that 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 is an argument but at the same time like wouldn't you rather like advertising is not going away Mm -hmm. you know wouldn't you rather like live in a world where instead of being like having to install ad blockers and like having to install you know, having to basically like desensitize yourself to advertisements. Wouldn't it be nice to live in a world where like advertisements were like good and like yeah. worth taking that one or two seconds to look at? Like, yeah. even so far as like a bumper ad, like you're a designer. Can you mm-hmm. imagine if people like actually took the d- time to design like beautiful banner ads and yeah, like, then it's not could so bad. Take ad blocker off and like be like, oh, that's cool that you know that company like hired that designer and but then okay this is the thing that i'm like just concerned about because it's like okay you show this like cool story so emotional it's beautiful whatever am i gonna remember that it's volvo that's the thing like and volvo is like volvo's an interesting one because it's a car yeah whereas you get dior on the other side which is like a fragrance like there's no real way of you can't like besides showing the packaging. There's the, there's no real like way that of... Kenzo one. Do you remember that one where the girls like like shooting with their fingers, yes, and, like, dancing, and it was, yes, like, super crazy. I fucking love that ad. Yeah, like, but it's for perfume. I know exactly, and like I feel like perfume is one of those industries where they they have to really go the extra mile to like make you associate with the brand. So yeah. this series was like all like it was so exorbitant like it was tales from the wild so it was all these people little docs about like all these ridiculously remote places all over the world and my favorite one is about the surfer who lives like in the australian outback and it's basically just like kind of like grungy rock while this guy's talking about like huey the like australian surf god and like it's Weird. just like and it's but it's shot on 35 mil in like underwater housing who like, did it's, it it's i have no idea i couldn't even tell you but it's like so cool. Like you're watching, you're like, this is the coolest thing. But I see I've stuff ever like that. I'm like, how do they sell this through? But then the more, well, the more, the like, you know, as you work on fashion, I mean, yeah. they take bigger risks. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool. And fashion is like another one of those things, right? Yeah. And I feel like maybe it, maybe besides it being like, oh, we're going to make something cool. So maybe you want to be a part of that lifestyle or, like, I don't think it's so much that. I, I, I really think it is, like, people who, like, make something that's worth your time. Like, you feel like your time is worth it to mm-hmm. them or to their product. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, no. Like, if Dior, like, I don't even know if Dior makes fragrance for men. But 
they like I don't know made something that I was, think they do I think they do they, they must they right? must they must if they're showing me some they must I wear Australian a man. Dior perfume but not because of the ads not because of the ads because it smells good I mean like yeah. it really comes down to what it smells like but exactly. you can't show that until we get smell vision yeah this is not happening until like the fragrance can like burst forth from your computer yeah in the wonderful future that I'm sure we'll live in well, I mean, that ad, for instance, the Kenzo one, I mean, that makes me seem like, like, it makes me feel like this, like, perfume smells very strong because she's like, yes, you know, that's true. Like, if you're trying to, like, visually show what it, but I don't think that's what they were doing. I mean, I doubt it. I like, it's the thing it, in fashion and like these industries that sort of like car ads are so tired, like they've been made forever. And so what are you going to do to stand out now? Like, maybe... I like that one they recently did for, fuck, what was it, Jeep? That recalculating one that you see in like all the, oh, I liked it. Oh, yeah, like stuff like that's cute with all the was... life moments. Yeah, I thought it yeah, was yeah, cute. Yeah. Like that stuff's cute, right? The first time I saw it. And then like I see a lot of movies, so I'm like, fuck, okay, I've seen this like five times now, so I'm over it. But yeah, I, I think it was good. It was well done. Well, I think it's like there is that sort of like really, I guess avant-garde is the way of, saying it but there's those ads that really throw it to the wayside and make something that's like so ridiculously yeah amazing. i would rather see that because that's like way cooler exactly. but cars don't usually go too crazy cars don't usually go too crazy but then you'll find that car ad that's doing that and then i when something like that gets attention it you can feel it like rippling down the industry it's a little true bit, right but, but then you know you get the client you're like i want something like this you show them that in a meeting and then they're like oh no that's too crazy and it's like well that is what you want yeah and then it gets you know, watered down into something totally eh. i like i think there's an inherent skill in like pitching these kind of ideas that's my right? biggest problem yeah totally <laughs> and like i'm in your same space like usually i i'm in a scenario where i have to like defend something that i think is cool but then I also, I do have to give them a reason why it's going to sell the product. Or... And yeah, and it's like you don't really know. And I think that's my problems, like the confidence, like the courage of my convictions. Because there are a million ways to skin a cat, to use a scary term. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> don't cats. listen, cats. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like to fight so hard for something when it's like, yeah, it could be done in a different way. Of course. Yeah. Of course it could. Yeah. So it's hard to. Totally. You could go the easy route and, you know, yeah. make a car ad that shows the finance rate in a giant 3D yeah. letter. But and that does the same thing that every other car ad's been doing. Let's but not do that. I know, exactly. I so. know. Okay, so full disclosure, we just worked together on a project yes. for Uniqlo, which yes. is coming out. I guess it will be out. I, I don't know. Probably will be out. I hope so. Around the time this comes out. Okay. So you guys will see it on your feed. Yeah, you can the check it out. Uniqlo Vancouver Plus Lifewear. Um how was it working with me oh we're like kind of over time but we'll just we'll just keep keep talking for a little bit it was fun i loved working with you yeah it was great like i came from like i was working at kidneys for a while so and then they restructured and lost they basically decided to not have in-house creative yeah and uh it was interesting because my boss was like your role like uh, he was the art director his name was dylan record and he was amazing to work for and so but it was still fell on me to sort of and my coworker, um, Greg Brown, it fell on us to sort of execute a lot of these ideas and and sort of towards the end, we became more of a team and it was more of like all of us vibing on ideas and yeah. we were sort of starting to break the mold 
of that like traditional like an agency goes to a production company and they execute the agency's idea and the art director works for the agency and the director or the cinematographer work for the production company and we started blending those lines a little bit Mm -hmm. and working with you it was kind of like that as well like you guys were so open to sort of ideas and like I it was the first time I had ever come in so late to an idea like Mm -hmm. getting a brief and I know that's more traditionally like what happens yeah but um you know coming from that and coming from school and like working on things that I've really had my hand in it was really like awesome and interesting to work I mean I'd never work on um film or like video like never really no. So what was like working with me? Oh, I mean, like it was great <laughs> because you know so much and I and I really like I really realized how little I knew doing it. I was like, what? I have a hard time thinking this way. Like or really? like switching gears into thinking like That's true. You know? And I think I learned a lot and I think next time cuz I'm a control freak, like I it really bothered me that I didn't have time because we were also doing print at the same time. Yes. And it was just a crazy timeline for all of the stuff we wanted to do. Totally. Like I regret not really blocking it out in storyboards because like that's how I think and that's it would just would have made me feel better. Yeah. And I feel like we wouldn't have I don't want to say wasted time because we really didn't. We didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. But you know, like we maybe could have got, you know, I don't know, tighter in, in the things that we were doing. I'm not unhappy with what we what ended up happening at all. I just like I was like, fuck, I really wish I would have like blocked the stuff out more in my mind so that on set I wasn't so like, oh, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, like worried. Well, you also added like, I mean, if people watch the spot, like that was a hardcore idea for like a first spot. Like I know. Diptychs and stuff. Like I had thankfully worked on something like that before. So I, I I could in my brain sort of think about it, but... Like I was putting myself back to when we were originally working on that idea, yeah. And oh my god, it like it fries your brain like an egg. Like, I know. Just trying to think about it and think it's about, like, oh, about all this, the but things. Well, and, and then I kept thinking about like even like putting myself in the client shoes. Like, oh, are we showing all the things that we want to show too? Yeah. Because there's that part of it too. Yeah. Like, oh, are we getting like the clothing detail? Oh, like, totally. can you like fuck? And I hate that because in some ways, like having a like that kind of bird's eye view of all of the problems is great, but then it you can get stuck in yeah. those details and then you end up not being creative. Totally. So I find that really hard. Yes. <laughs> Especially well, okay. there because it's like time is money. Yeah, that's know? true. Yeah. And there's so many people. Like that's the thing. You're working with so many people. Like for me, I don't know how you can like relinquish even your footage for someone else to edit it. Like does that bother you? I mean that like that is interesting. I, I have yet to find an editor who I'm like really comfortable handing something of mine off to. Yeah. But at the same time, like when an idea is that concrete and like it's there, like that's the idea. And yeah, for what we did, but for for other stuff. Yeah. For other stuff, I guess it's like, it's interesting, but even for like narrative, like the script is there. So I guess you're going like, you're not going to get something that you're totally sort of unaware of. I guess with commercials, yes, sometimes th- that can be different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to tell you the truth, like I haven't really been put in that situation yet. I'm sure I will. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, because most of the things I was working at with Kit and Ace, like I, I would be the editor, yeah, which, is, exactly. which was the weird part. Like yeah. I would shoot it and direct it and then I would have to go back and cut it and, and yeah. then let people rip it apart. And like, 
and deal with like oh there's a wrinkle there can't use that shot like whereas with you guys i could step back like it was almost it was nice yeah yeah. being able to like like i hope and like pretty sure i did my job in making sure everything was good and like making sure the product looked great and yeah and at the end of the day i'm gonna go home and fall asleep yeah and you guys are gonna go and worry about it and like that's (laughs) i mean i feel for you i'm like stressing and i'm thinking about you guys constantly but at the same time i'm like slightly glad that i'm not in the nitty-gritty 66 files that we ended up oh my gosh wow because there's so many like bumper ads and and different um aspect really ratios. that many oh god well in different aspect ratios yeah that's because true. we had um 69 916 plus yeah. square like one one so i was like it was a big ask like yeah it was a big ask you guys kicked ass i like, mean was... and the ask came from us so that's why i feel kind of dumb because even the the <laughs> the like uh photos and the takeover was like yeah we're gonna like take 200 photos in like five days like no big yeah deal. and put them all on a <laughs> like, why did i do this why did i come up with this stupid idea <laughs> where everyone can see <laughs> yeah oops well, whatever no we did it actually yeah. no it was so great. whatever anyways okay well thank you for talking with me no problem Bye. that was fun so local band winona forever have a new-ish single out called keep cool it comes with a neat looking lo-fi video directed by zinnia ws And I'll post a link to that vid on sadcast.ca. But for now, just focus on the tunes and listen to this ice-cold track by Winona Forever, Keep Cool. (laughs) 